0: EA talks some smack to Activision. Rumors are flying around that there will be a 3DS redesign. And GameStop gets a little sassy with Square Enix. All that, plus more, on today's MASHcast. 2009 Cup stacking champion Rob Hill Williams.
1: Look, it's harder than it looks. All right,
0: that's very impressive indeed. Uh, and also, we are missing—I uh, guess our third leg here. Uh, Nick Santangelo. He is still on a beautiful tropic island that we we aren't.
1: <sighs> yeah, exactly. And, and somehow we have the hurricane coming in, and he doesn't. Go yeah,
0: exactly. So. Um, yeah, so we're just gonna go ahead and get right into it, Rob. What you been
1: playing? Uh, NCAA football again. Uh, reviews on the site now, and Deus Ex. Still early, but I like it so far. So, hooray! <laughs> hooray for things not being terrible after waiting for them
0: for a while. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know what? I um, I was I was telling myself that you know, because I have such a backlog already, I was gonna wait for Deus Ex to go on Steam sale and pick it up, but then I remembered that I had already pre-ordered Deus Ex. I totally forgot that I pre-ordered it because the only reason I pre-ordered it was so I could get the the items for TF2. That was the only reason I pre-ordered it. Not that I yes. thought it was going to be a bad game. I, I thought it was going to be a good game, but I was like, you know, I got a bad already, so I'll just hold off until the Steam sale, save some money. But then I saw the items for TF2, and I'm like, I saw the mask and the glasses for the heavy, and so I was like, well, I guess I got to pre-order it, so here we go. <laughs> So, yeah, actually, I have it, but I haven't played it. I don't even have it installed yet. Uh, But what I have been playing, I've been playing Red Orchestra 2 uh, still, which is still in the private beta for media. Um, So there's a few of us, but not that many. I'm really excited for the public beta, really excited, because then the servers should be maxed out, and it's going to be insane. Uh, My review's up on the site definitely check it out if you like first person shooters you know period
1: <laughs> yeah the, the response has been very very good people very very much like it so check it out <laughs>
0: yeah, uh other than that the only other thing i've been playing
1: uh is
0: starcraft 2 which i know i said i wasn't gonna talk about but really i mean i've, I've only played the red orchestra and starcraft 2 actually i was testing out um Testing out this XSplit software I got, which is nice, but I don't think I'm going to pay for it, you know, and keep it. Uh, and I actually broadcasted one of my StarCraft matches. It was nothing special, but I totally destroyed the guy with, like, 50 mutas, so... that You can check that out if you want to. <laughs> um, yeah, but other than that, uh, yeah, I think that that wraps it up for it. what we've been playing, because I don't really have any stories <laughs> to tell this time. Nick's not around to kill me while we play co-op, so, you know... Uh, but let's, uh, let's get into the topics. Um, first topic of the day is, uh, EA talking a little smack to Activision, actually. And, and
1: usually they do a lot of talking, but this time, I, I'll let you finish telling, but this time a little different.
0: Yeah, so, EA, well, I should say Jeff Brown, who is EA's spokesperson, so therefore EA, um... You know, they, I guess they said this at Gamescom, uh, as, well, as when the, the statement was made. And he says that Activision has every reason to be nervous. Uh, he says last year Activision had 90% of the market share in the shooter category. And, uh, you know, this year they said Battlefield is going to take them down to at least 60 or 70%. And at that rate, they'll be out of the first, he says, you'll be out of the category, which he means, you the first person shooter category in two to three years. And then he says, just to put a little stank on it, he says, if you don't believe me, go to the store and try to buy a copy of Guitar Hero or Tony Hawk. And we were all like,
1: oh. Yeah, basically. It's like, (laughs) it's like when you're in like middle school or something like it's like, oh, oh. You said your breast, thinking your mom's a hoe. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, it yeah. was uh, it was pretty extreme. And like when he said that, like that's the point where my ears perked up when I was reading it, and I was like, wow, like that's that's really true. Like, what else does Activision <laughs> have going for it? And look at like those, like those were juggernauts in their time, like a, a lot like Call of Duty in a way. And like you start looking at the history, and you're like. That makes sense, because the second something goes downhill, Activision abandons it. So I'm like, that really could be, like, two or three years... And it's not like he said, like, oh, this year is the year it's going to happen. Like, he said, like, two or three years, which is... Nobody would have thought last year, like, Guitar Hero would be done. That is true. So I'm like, that's actually not that... (laughs) That's
0: actually fairly true. (laughs) Yeah, it's not inaccurate. That's not what he said, like... It, it
1: hurts because it's true, like you know, like what yeah, he said was exactly. true. because like... I'm like, ah, oh, this is EA, and then I got to that, I was like, maybe not. <laughs> and it's funny because, like, the his comments were, I guess, like in response to not just something the guy said, but then the guy said that you know, uh, the that, that like the you know what EA has been doing, and all the trash talking they've been doing, which really hasn't been like too too bad really you know all it's right. just like it's trash talk you know like we want to be called duty and it, stuff that's actually kind of bland really when you think about it like all they've said is what everybody already knows that yeah. they would like to be Call of duty and the guy eric um hershberg ceo of activision now um and actually it was him in germany like he was at gamescom and he said it i don't know where the jeff was but uh when he responded but he was basically saying like they should tone it down because it's harmful for the industry to like hope that call of duty rots from the core and stuff and uh, and that and that was just Jeff's, <laughs> Jeff's response to him because <laughs> he was like i know you're new to the job but this is a competitive industry <laughs> like he, so he just took the gloves off i was like whoa okay <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have like john Ricello and you know th- everybody out in the freaking street doing like you know with knives and stuff like west side story soon it's like that's uh it's funny but like I, but it wasn't like he was just blowing smoke though because it's it's a funny funny thing to think about
0: yeah i mean like the the comment about guitar hair and tony Hawk 100 percent true and it is activision's credo like when it's something starts they they jump ship before it sinks
1: you know they don't um, wait for it to like to them to bring out a game and have it do terrible they they leave it before then although guitar hero and tony hawk both suffered that before they jumped ship but you know never you mind (laughs) the thing is
0: there's a there's, there's, there's a couple key differences when you know when talking about tony hawk and guitar Hero, and then talking about call of duty you know what i'm saying like I mean, every time a Modern Warfare comes out, it breaks records. Actually, every time a Call of Duty comes out, it breaks records. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, two to three years, and it's going to be going in two to three years, like, that is not necessarily, you know, that that right there. Yeah,
1: that by itself. Like, I'm like, it's not a really, like, short time frame where you're like, that's bullshit, whatever. Yeah. But, like like, two to three years, and I'm like, in a way, like, it depends on what they do.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: if they do, like, if they really go, like, oh, we're going to do Modern Warfare 4 and somehow try and continue the story, I'd be like, here we go. Like, yeah. that's the start of what he was already talking about. Um, Because, Yeah. Yeah, but exactly. If they if they change tag and do something different, eh, you know, exactly.
0: Like Call of Duty is such a juggernaut. Like cause the thing about Tony Hawk and Guitar the Hero, they just kind of let those stagnate and then just go to the side. But Call of Duty is such a, a juggernaut where if the let's say let's say by some luck of God, yeah, Battlefield actually beats out Call of Duty this year, and I'll explain to you why I don't think it's gonna happen. But let's say it happens. There's a very good chance that Activision isn't going to be like, well, just do it again and try to get some money. Odds are they're going to try to actually take that series and do make some changes, make some make some changes that actually make people want to buy it again. You know what I'm saying? Or they'll put them ahead of uh, you know Battlefield. But oh, go ahead, you wanna say something.
1: Well, yeah, just that like, not so much that like you're not wrong, like not that you're wrong, but that's the thing. It's like it's hard to tell how true it is right now until, like, they actually make a decision. Because the thing is, like, they tried to keep Guitar Hero and Tony Hawk relevant, too. And look what happened there. Like, they gave Tony Hawk this giant, craptastic skateboard that nobody wanted for extra money. And, like, that that was it. Like, that was the death of that. And then, you know, Guitar Hero, like... Was just kind of like wishy-washy about things and didn't really bring anything new to the space or didn't bring anything new to the space until like Rock Band did, you know? Like after Rock Band did something, then Guitar Hero would be like, "Yeah, we got that too." So it's like you—you you wonder what they're gonna do with Modern Warfare. Like I think it is a different—it's a different ship, you know, they're sailing, but it's still kind of like the Titanic. But like <laughs>
0: Mono but call it—I mean, um. Both Tony Hawk and Guitar Hero were not their flagship game. I mean, Activision is Call of Duty.
1: It's true, but at the time when they were out, though they were, you know, like Tony Call Hawk of was Duty never a flagship. Yeah, okay, not a flagship, but it was definitely a it was really one the, huge thing. It was yeah. a popular series, definitely. Yeah, like when definitely. it came out, it was a huge thing.
0: But yeah, I mean, the thing like you know, the thing with Tony Hawk, like like you know, you said you know the death of Tony Hawk was Tony Hawk. Shred or the one before that, you know, both of them, yeah, both (laughs) that was the death of it. But like the true death, you know, started before that. Well, it was funny enough, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So, um, I'm just saying, like, you know, because the thing is basically, you know, Tony Hawk at the time when it really started to die, because I stopped buying Tony Hawk games before there was a competitor
1: because of the stagnation. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, they didn't change anything, or didn't change enough that, you know, you had played the same game for the last yeah. four years, basically. Like, when Tony Hawk 4 came out, it was like, I, who cares? Like, that was when I was done. But, like, if anybody who was still playing Tony Hawk, like, they were gone when Skate came out.
0: I played yeah. Tony Hawk, like, my last Tony Hawk was actually uh, Project 8. But that, that was my last one because I didn't like it. Like, the last Tony Hawk I actually enjoyed was Thug. And then they had Thug Two, which was oh, uh, terrible. <laughs> terrible. Then they had like American Wasteland, which was terrible. And then they had Section Project Eight, which was better but still bad.
1: Uh, you know what I'm saying? So that's yeah, I, that, I, I stopped playing it for. Like I played Underground, but like I didn't like own Underground and like play it. I like uh, played it enough to be like, eh, it's okay. But they still haven't changed enough for me.
0: The, see the thing about the, I think the thing about Underground was that not only like it wasn't the actual gameplay that made it good, it was the fact that they had the Tony Hawk gameplay improved it a little bit and had that story.
1: That's yeah, that's what think that was yeah, the main thing. That was like, the main thing. When yeah. it had a story, like it was better because like the, the early ones, like. It was just enough that you were doing gigantic, ridiculous, silly tricks. Like it was like the NBA Jam of skating games, and yeah. really there were no skating games before that, at least none that really mattered much. That like that's why it was like a phenomenon when it at, in its time. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: And the thing about Rock Band, not Rock Band, sorry, but Guitar Hero, is the fact that it stagnated. They didn't act fast enough. Like. Rock Band got the heads up on them once they introduced the fact that you play with multiple people in the Rock Band. At that point, Guitar Hero was behind. So I think that was Guitar Hero's problem. But Call of Duty, like, I mean, you still have... Like, you know, nobody tried to clone Tony Hawk. You know what I'm saying? Nobody cloned Guitar Hero. They improved it.
1: And in fact, if you really want to get technical it was the guys from uh, Harmonix that made Rock Band in the first place. Yeah, so exactly. So, they didn't really, like, all they really did was, you know, Activision just aped off of what they, you know, the license they had. Yeah, pretty so. much. Modern
0: Warfare or Call of Duty, like, there's just so many games, not just cloning, but just, I mean, taking so many aspects of it. How many games have, first one, shoes have XP now, perks, you know what i'm saying like stuff like that you know what i'm saying like like even even if you don't like call of duty or the modern warfare you cannot deny its heavy impact on the industry
1: yeah and whether that impact is bad or good is another conversation altogether for its own special edition of a mashcast or whatever (laughs) but you're right It, it it is a different thing and it's got people copying off of it although when you like when you think about it though like they're they're different beasts, but battlefield is not one of those games like i mean it, it especially not the real you know the, the actual numbered battlefield 3 um that we're getting now like bad company 2 you can make an argument i guess that it was more like it was supposed to you know be a kind of a direct competitor to like the Modern warfare stuff yeah but battlefield 3 is is it's battlefield again so it's kind of a game that's not running in that direction um it's going to have similarities, but, you know, like any game where you pick up a gun and you shoot somebody is going to have similarities. You know, yeah. Halo has similarities. Oh, yeah, but um, it's a shooter. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but it's funny because it's... it's I, I do... I, I kind of agree with the idea that I think that, you know, when you say 90% of the market share, yeah. I do see Battlefield taking it down to 70% of market share, like, rather than 90. But it's funny because I don't see Battlefield being the killer for it. I see... And and I really and it, even modern, like even Melivon two I don't necessarily see being the killer for it. Maybe I don't know. It really depends on what they do too. But I think it's the fact that you're starting to get other people who are entering. There's only really two so far, but you got Battlefield Three coming out, which has like its own like audience that you know for a while has just been kind of sitting out there in space because you know not every not all of them like Bad Company Two because they're losers but go ahead right um <laughs> but you know and they, they maybe they play call of duty maybe they've just not been playing anything and like those people are going to come back for battlefield 3 if they don't keep fucking everything up with origin <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> another another story for another time exactly
0: well um, here's, here's the thing like this is why and as i was going to get to it earlier why battlefield wasn't going to win but battlefield will never be a call of duty killer
1: and here's yeah, why. Because it's not Call of Duty.
0: Well, it did that, exactly. The thing Exactly.
1: It's not a better mousetrap.
0: <laughs> Battle, Battlefield is a PC game. Even if they release it on console, even if they tweak it for console, it's still a PC game. And the reason being is because... And don't get me wrong. This is not me saying that console players cannot work together. It's just that they don't.
1: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And well, like, see, that is a... Not well not directly but it is that is a relic of the call of duty age that is that's a that's a that's a flag from the call of duty but age but when i like, what have <laughs> what
0: what games have come out ever like before modern warfare that showed that console players could work together well as well as you need to work to, together in Battlefield, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. in, in Call of Duty, you, can, if, you if you're if just playing by yourself, you can actually go in and just lone, lone Ranger it. If you want to, you can play with friends. With Battlefield, if you want to be successful, you need to work with a group. And that group doesn't always have to be your friends, or may not always be your friends. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like Even if you were to go in Battlefield and grab a tank and go out into the field, you're fucking dead. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you you're going right. to die I mean, they, yeah. <laughs> because you don't Probably have
1: people. people who who might get away from that, or people flying jets. But even then, like you still got to have some sort of coordination with that, what everybody else is doing. You exactly, can't, you can't go lone ranger. And that the, the mo-
0: most of the console players will not like. They may they may communicate a little bit, but the amount of communication you need in Battlefield is much greater. Okay, so in order to beat Call of Duty, you need that game that. Somebody can kind of, in terms of, let's say, I'm talking about not in terms of making a good game, because personally, I think Battlefield is going to be a better game. Yes, but in terms but of sales, mean, mean everything no. exactly in terms in terms of winning sales and actually beating out Call of Duty in the way that they're talking about, uh, they they need a game. Medal of Honor is their game. They just have to make it better than Call of Duty. Because yeah, they, all they
1: need to do is keep the story and improve the improve the friggin' multiplayer. Because exactly. If they, that, was, that
0: was it. Because Medal of Honor, I mean, we talked about it. Medal of Honor, much better game than Black Ops and, uh, you know, Modern Warfare. But the multiplayer is where it lacked. Like, the, the original oh, Modern Warfare 2, I mean, shoot, Modern Warfare 1 multiplayer was better than the multiplayer in uh, oh, yeah. and yeah. so you know that's where they need to improve it but that's their game to beat call of duty they're trying to ea is trying to latch on to battlefield
1: because I think it's to show that like that you know it's not invincible that you know if it loses some some ground not all of it because it's not going to lose all of it because they're different games and and different platforms really um you know they, I think that they're just trying to show that there is a chink in the armor. That oh, yeah. They're trying to, make, be... trying to make the god bleed. <laughs> right, exactly. And once you, you know, like, you, once you make a god bleed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but really, though, like, I think that that is what this really is. Because, you know, you build up into it, and people see that Battlefield 3 is really good, and they see that people do buy it all of a sudden you do have a different, you know, race going on. I think when you start seeing Metal of Honor 2, you got Counter-Strike, you know, Global Offensive coming out. And even though Counter-Strike kind of falls in that same Battlefield 3 where it's a PC game, like, there are games that come out and you and you see, like, they are games that haven't been around for a bit. And they come out and you're going to see, I think, a different playing field. And I think, you know... Two to three years isn't, you know, I don't think they will be gone in two to three years. Not, not by any stretch, but it'll be a different, it'll be a different tutor, you know, landscape right. by then.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Um, but you know what? The only thing this can do is actually make things better, even for Call of Duty, because if it does, uh, dwindle down their market share, then you can expect that Activision will reply with making a better game. I mean, they have the resources, so yeah then they have to because it's the only that's the only recourse they have <laughs> <laughs> exactly all right so um let's move on from that one we're actually going to go to some more ea news uh this one th- i i have mixed emotions about this one uh basically ea refused Forza 4 uh the right to use the Porsche license now for those who don't know ea has the exclusive license for Porsche for those who want me to say it correctly sorry about that <laughs> but, um, they have the... like a dumb yeah. <laughs> You know, so, you know, they, um, they have the exclusive license for Porsche. But, uh, you know, and I guess normally they let other games use it. Uh, you know, Forza 3 had them, and they didn't run into a problem.
1: In fact, the past Forza's period have had them. Like, they've always managed a sub-licensing deal. But... Yeah,
0: but this time EA is saying, nay to that, and um, according to uh, Brian Eckberg, uh, who is uh, the community manager for Forza, he says that the EA couldn't see their way toward collaborating again, and they said they've, several times they asked EA to uh, change their position and over the over last 18, year and a half. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 18 months they've been asking. And they even had like uh, influential people in the gaming industry try to lobby on their behalf. And even key people inside of Porsche's circles. And they they said no. Now, um, to give you a possible view from EA's perspective, I do know that in, uh, I shouldn't say I know, but it is rumored From someone who worked on the Shift 2 team that uh, Microsoft, because Microsoft owns the license for, uh, uh, sorry, not Microsoft, but the Forza franchise, which is owned by Microsoft, um, currently has the exclusive license for Ferrari. Mm-hmm. and vehicles and xbox and pc so the word on the street is that when microsoft went to use that uh, those cars for shift 2 microsoft gave them a really hard time they had to jump through a lot of hoops to get that
1: mm-hmm. that's
0: what the word is so this that's, is kind of like EA. Very yeah actually. this is this may be ea just you know serving up some of their own food you know back to microsoft um Either way, I think
1: hardball. They seem to be doing that a lot.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, this can, in my opinion, it can really only hurt because now, if this is really what's happening, if this is how this is going to go down, Forza won't have Porsche, uh, Shift won't have Ferrari, you know. And I can kind of. I, I,
1: Turismo won't have anything. Although it'll be like fifty <laughs> years before we see the next one, so it'll exactly. have all the licenses by then. <laughs> yeah. So like, Jesus. I mean, I mean, another
0: thing is EA is that with EA is that um you know Shift two is actually it's a
1: simulation racer it's supposed to be their answer to forza exactly and, and so gran turismo which is why i see like when i first saw the story that was my thought that like they're just positioning themselves to have you know a better a better spot for when you know shift comes out again you know they want to make it the game that has everything you know or at least closer to it but if know, turn ferrari. 10 has ferrari you know, like, all of a sudden, like, it, in what you said, like, that makes it a different, that makes it a different uh, kind of atmosphere. So. Yeah, so,
0: but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really have much to say about that, except uh, I hope they can settle their uh, their differences. I guess I don't really care, because I'm not a simulation racer type of guy.
1: Yeah, um, but it hurts people who want to play, like, a good racing game. Exactly. You know, so. Especially when it's not like, you know, you're not talking about shift well, I guess three now are on, or would be on, and Forza 4 coming out at the same freaking time, like, at the same day or anything, like, it's not, you know, people are gonna play, you know, different racers. It's a little bit different situation with fours Forza 4 and, you know, Gran Turismo, those are, you know, those platforms, but, like, Shift is on both, so, you know, it, it, that's, it just seems like there's more to the story than, like, what's in the story. Yeah, <laughs> so, know?
0: yeah, if you're looking for Porsche and, for, and for your fours, I feel bad for you, son. Sorry,
1: I got 99 cars, but a Ferrari ain't one. <laughs> oh, that's going on the highlight reel. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah. Moving on, and a little bit more EA news. Just a little yeah, bit we, more. We talk about EA sometimes like this, but yeah. this is not. This is not so bueno. Yeah, like,
0: yeah. This one, this one, I definitely had some feelings about, um, but they actually kind of resolved the issue. Kinda, before I had a chance to scream on him on the podcast. But um yeah, basically, um this is why it's important to read the EULA kids. Okay. This is why it's
1: important to read anything that you agree to. Exactly. And we're all guilty of not reading things that we agree to. But Origin has really been, you know, about at least about a month officially, like Origin's been sitting around. A little bit more than that, but I think but go ahead, yeah. Yeah. Well, Basically, what happened is that people got around to actually reading the freaking EULA for it, and yeah, it's not good, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or it yeah. wasn't good. Yeah, <laughs> as of as of like yesterday, it wasn't good. Yeah, like, I mean, oh, you yeah. go ahead,
0: yeah, you can tell.
1: Okay, well, basically, what it boils down to, without using all the mumble jumbo, is that the the EULA for Origin said that it has rights to, you know, collect, use, store, transmit your data um, from your system, your specs, you know, things on your hard drive, yada, yada, yada. Personal information. Yeah, personal information, which in itself is not so odd, except for the fact that they didn't limit it to only things that you're purchasing with Origin or you're using digitally. It's literally anything on your computer. And also the fact that they could share it with any any of their marketing partners, not just with NEA or not just within you know the Origin system, but they could sell that information to anybody. So they basically, the way that the ULA made it sound, that they were installing spyware. Basically, that's what it came down to. Um, obviously, people were upset. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean this is a, this is a big problem. People, some people are like, "Well, Steam does the same thing." That is incorrect. Steam only gathers data regarding your, you know, their products on your PC, and, and when, specifically says it in their ULA. Exactly, and then on top of that, when they gather your system specs and personal information, it, they it, it's they ask you, "Is it okay for us to take this?" and they tell you why. So don't be dragging Valve down in the mud, okay? We don't like that around here.
1: <laughs> yeah, want to take it. And it's funny because we've seen this recently with some other non-gaming things like Dropbox has had this issue and, and some other things. But, you know, like when people finally get around to reading it, they're like, holy crap, that's a problem. And then as it inevitably happens, you know, people contacted the EA, customers running the emails, Jared kidnapped somebody. And then, it gets
0: results. Don't okay. hate it. Don't hate it till you try it.
1: <laughs> and then today, literally today, well, the 26th, when we're, when we're recording this, um, they turned around and they changed the EOLA. Which, you know, you can tell them what they changed it to.
0: Yeah, basically, it steams you EOLA now. I think they did a copy-paste. <laughs> um, I mean, not really, but uh, basically, it no longer mentions uh, marketing but it maintains the right to collect non-personally identifiable data, computer configuration, software usage, and peripherals connected. So the same thing as, as Steam, except for the software usage. I don't know if the software usage is limited to origin product. That's the only thing that's not really made clear here. I have to look into it a little bit more. But still, the fact that it's not now non-personally, you know, uh, non-personally identifiable—that's a big deal. That's right. much better.
1: That's know? that's the main. Well, not the main part, but that's a big part of you know fixing the issue. Yeah. But all in all, yeah, kind of a copy paste. And funny enough, they you know knew that they you know didn't really make a good move because they even added a note which is kind of odd like an ULA but they added a note that literally said I'll, I'll read this one uh, EA knows that you care how how information about you is collected used and shared and we appreciate your trust that we do so we will do so carefully and sensibly information about our customers is important part is an important part of our business and EA would never sell your personally identifiable information to anyone nor would it ever use spyware or install spyware on users machines Except that your EULA didn't really say that in the first place. But, you know, everybody makes mistakes, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Actually, this isn't
0: the first time they've tried to do stuff like this. Oh, no. It's the second um, time, actually, they've had a problem with Origins EULA. Well, um... I'm not even talking about Origin. Um, a lot of people don't remember the Battlefield 2142 EULA, which stated that pretty much they're allowed to co- uh, collect... Uh, any data on your PC that will help them market to you. Pretty much is what it said. Including, like, website stuff. So, because in Battlefield yes. 2042, that, that was one of the first games that had dynamic in-game ads. Like, as you're fighting through the torn battlefield, you'd see, you know, these billboards up of, um, you know, ads, <laughs> you know. Interesting.
1: Yeah.
0: So, yeah, like, Kind of, like the only reason I noticed it, the only time I noticed it before was because like I was playing a sniper and I'm zoomed in, and like I kill somebody, and as I'm like zooming out, I'm still looking at the billboard. Finally, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's like right next to the billboard. I go, man, like oh my god, that's a, that's a real billboard, not like a fake one. No. And then I, I checked into it. So yeah, like that's not the first time. But uh, EA will continue to try. Just just read your EULA, folks. Stay in tune, you know what I'm Always,
1: saying? Always on anything, especially on Facebook. Yeah, you know not that they have an EOLA, but read read the fine print.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I mean Congress is already fucking us. Don't let EA do it too. Okay? That that's my message for Basically, don't let them <laughs> off easy. <laughs> that, that's my <laughs> message for the for for the NASH nation, okay? So, so uh but yeah, we're gonna actually move on from that to some rather good news for you PS three owners, at least I consider it good news for you guys. Um Counter-Strike Go will support Move, which is mm, uh, okay, no problem, but it will also support mouse and keyboard support. So now, when you play cross-platform with us Mac and PC users, which you you, will
1: also be able to do.
0: Yeah, you will also be able to do that. You now might have a chance. You might have a chance now. If you get good enough with your little mouse and keyboard on the PS3. So that's good news for you guys. Um, because there's not there's not too many shooters that support mouse and keyboard on the PS3. I mean, how I know of uh, Unreal Tournament. What else, Rob? I mean, you're the PS3 guy.
1: Uh, I am, and there really isn't much. Uh, just it, PS3 can definitely use the peripherals. Nobody makes use of it. Yeah, there's I mean, really nothing else that uses it. Like this is. Not well, not necessarily unprecedented because it had the ability before. But the fact that somebody's actually using it and it's Counter Strike and it's cross platform is pretty awesome. Even though, yeah, console people are you know generally going to be outmatched.
0: Yeah, but it's um, very cool
1: they're doing it. You yeah, know, we're we're seeing some more out of the Valve partnership, and that's it's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean the thing about the cause the, the the difference between if you're wondering why I still think that the, the console people are going to be at disadvantage even though you're using mouse and keyboard you know, the the average console person, if they do play Counter-Strike, and they use their mouse and keyboard, they're probably going to have a regular mouse and a regular keyboard, which is alright. However, like, for example, I have a G7. This mouse costs $100, and it costs $100 for a reason. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, uh, switching DPIs on the fly, getting faster reactions, stuff like that. I mean, that that does make a difference, especially in a game like Counter-Strike. Um, so, I mean, maybe if somebody gets into it hardcore, they may start buying some of the, the better PC hardware.
1: Or I'll use some of mine on my PS3. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we'll see, we'll see.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens, but, I mean, that's good news because now, you know, because usually c- cross-platform support, if you, if you guys were using a controller, it will be really bad, it will be bad news, bands for you guys.
1: And some people will be. And I think that, you know, that'll make up for the cries of, you know, like, you know, how it used to be in Counter Strike. Whenever anybody would, you know, kill you, like, the other person was all of a sudden a hacker. And that'll be the console community is like, that's what what they'll think of the the PC community. It'll start like another Mac versus PC war all over again, like Team Fortress. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, PC won that one pretty quick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's kinda hard when you can't right click. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> whoa. whoa, 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 whoa. Dude, <laughs> I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. <laughs> yeah but, um Yeah, I mean, uh, mouse and keyboard support on the PS3 for counter strike. I the reason I mean, I'm I'm not I'm really not gonna hate, it. I'm just kinda like, you know, messing around with you guys, but um it is good because it just it does nothing but help expand the community. We need more of this. You know what I'm saying? And the thing is, the Counter-Strike community is still alive and well. But the more players, the better. You know, you get more teams, more people getting into it, which leads to better competition. I still like watching some Source TV, you know, and, and watching some matches. So, um, welcome, kind of. <laughs> to, to the counter strike community. If you stay long enough you'll be if you stay long enough you'll be assholes just like us. <laughs> so, but um yeah, well, let's move on to uh our next piece of news, which is um some some a little news from Nintendo. Eh, some speculation, not news. Let's re yeah, let's rephrase not news that. yet. Yeah, let's 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 rephrase that. Um, there are rumors that there's a 3DS hardware redesign in the cards. Um, the rumor also speculates that the reason, the real reason behind the $80 drop in price, was not necessarily to uh, apologize, apologize <laughs> but it was really to help clear stock um, from Nintendo. And I guess what the largest. The largest difference is now that the, the DS is rumored to have dual controllers, uh, sorry, dual uh, analog sticks, as opposed to a single analog stick. And uh, in the show notes, you'll see there's a link to Joystick, and there is. Um... You know, uh, uh, an, a uh, photoshopped rendition of it, which actually looks good. I have no
1: problems with it. Yeah, the Photoshop wasn't bad. It, it's just funny because it definitely looked, I think it's Halo that they have on the screen. Yeah, they, they do have yeah. Halo on the screen, yeah. That was the only part I was like, really, guys, come on.
0: <laughs> so actually, I didn't even notice that. That is really funny. Yeah. But um, also, they're going, it looks like they may focus less on the 3D gimmick. I mean, it's still going to be there. Um, there's also rumors of even a name change,
1: uh, which would effectively make it not the 3ds anymore, but we'll, we'll skip that part. Exactly. (laughs) Like, I don't think
0: Nintendo's going to go that far, but, um, yeah, less of a focus on the 3d portion and more of a focus on, uh, you know, the control they should In my opinion, they should be focusing on that battery life, um, that, that's a big deal. But you know what? Yeah, it's I not would... so
1: much that the system like people were really complaining about dual analogs I mean people do because you know we learned that from the PSP but you know people were complaining there was no games and that's that's the problem that we keep coming back to. You and, know,
0: Yeah and my thing is um, I think I would I think I would be more inclined to buy one if the games didn't focus so much on 3D because the 3D is really doing nothing but taking up development time. Yeah. What, and whether, <laughs> well, yeah, and batteries. Yeah, whether it's extending the battery, the it's it's either extending the uh, the development time or time that could be taken to make the game better or bigger or yeah. bigger. Yeah, is actually being taken away to actually make it work well in 3D. You know? Resident
1: Evil Mercenaries. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Is that even a game?
1: Like, <laughs> not, not according to Jess. I think Jess did the review? Yeah. yeah it's, I mean, it's like a mini game. <laughs> exactly. It's
0: like it's like a mini game. You pay what forty
1: bucks for. Yup.
0: So yeah, like stuff Get like your
1: that. Characters on your 3ds.
0: Yeah, exactly. But it's and that's the thing. Like that was my whole big thing about the 3ds. Anyway, like when they they were showing this stuff, you know, when it first came out, and pretty much everything that came off the screen was a remake when they first announced it. You know, except the, Mario is kind of Nintendo's
1: thing. Yeah,
0: you know, and they are focusing way too much on the 3D. This is, I think, this is like them jumping on the 3D bandwagon too fast.
1: Yeah, you know? I think it was like a a need to have like not necessarily a gimmick because a gimmick kind of like short sells what we did, you know, for motion gaming, but to have a gimmick, uh, for lack of a better word, that they could they can market and. You know, 3D is like you know it's the popular thing. They figured out a way to do it without glasses, which was pretty cool. But it requires you to have it in a specific position, and it kills battery life and games. Games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, so um, maybe, maybe they'll a little bit of a bundle. Yeah. yeah,
0: maybe they'll get back in the business of making games as opposed to gimmicks. You know, maybe they've learned their lesson. Maybe they, need to, they maybe now they know. Okay, we need to get back into <laughs> actually making some good games. So. Oh, we'll see what happens with that. Their their actually their shares spiked amid the speculation, and we'll see what happens at Gamescom. Not Gamescom, sorry, Tokyo Game Show. Cause that's when they're expected to make some type of announcement.
1: Yeah, they're supposed to have a conference, or well, not a conference, but a uh, an event it's supposedly to discuss the 3ds. Although people are saying it may be something else as well. So we'll yeah. see. It's probably going to be a little bit of both. It's weird, in a way. You know, like, I don't really have too many thoughts on it, but in a way, it would almost be kind of a smack in the face. Not really, like, you know, because Nintendo does this, but, like, you have the 3DS, you overpriced it, you drop the price, you give some people some free games, and then you're going to release another version, which probably is going to be a little bit more money, unless they keep it at that $80 range, in which case nobody's going to buy a 3DS. Unless right. that's just supposed to be the new price, and they were trying to just clear the stock. Right. But I don't like... In a way, I don't really like the move, if they really are, like, just making a redesign. Because in that case, save it for the next round. Or call 3DS early or something. Which, you know, sucks, but... Eh. <laughs> right, yeah. Make a decision. Right.
0: So... you know, No wishy-washy around here. But, um, okay. Now, um... I guess this next next topic, it's, it's just a topic. It really isn't... It actually is not news. But, um there is an article on gamesindustry.biz uh, that talks about Robin Kaminsky and for those who don't know who she is because you probably don't she was uh an executive at Activision from 2005-2008. to
1: Because who knows the names of all the people in the suits, really?
0: Exactly, right, exactly. <laughs> and uh, now she actually works for Gaikai, which I am thumbs up on Gaikai. But um, that's not really something for gamers anyway. That's more something for the publishers, which we've discussed before. Um, actually, you guys should know what Gaikai is. And if you don't, well, then you are bad mash casters. <laughs> you
1: know <laughs> and but, you um, should just go listen to the other ones when we talk about it
0: yeah don't stop listening just listen to the other ones <laughs> but yeah. um yeah so basically um the article talks about you know she made some statements and you know one of the statements was uh the traditional uh, games market needs new uh hardware new innovative hardware to grow
1: and it um, needs more than every ten years. That's, yeah, exactly.
0: She needs that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Which I kind of agree with, but at the same time, I have some thoughts on that. But I'm gonna, right. I'm gonna continue to talk about what she talks about. Um, she thinks that the lack of innovation and stagnation are in the industry are the reason for sales decline. Uh, and she thinks, I, you know, obviously by her first statement, she thinks that you know it's because of the hardware. Um, she says, you know, companies are turning to digital sales but for Activision digital sales only account for 37% of their revenue um which
1: even I, when you consider Call of Duty map packs and all those little add-ons and World of Warcraft
0: exactly you know and um she says she talks a little bit about EA and she says EA is fastest so which well, she says that John uh Riscitello says that EA's fastest growing platform is the iPad and that this should concern uh you know, publishers, as well as Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo. Now, this is where I really have to say something, (laughs) because uh, she's not the only person who says this, that, oh, well, the iPad is growing so fast, it's going to take over the industry. It pretty much is what she's implying by her statement, because she says, you know, if Apple becomes the dominant place of games hardware, where does that leave consoles and consoles games? iOS games, Android games, Windows Phone Seven games do not compete with consoles. Okay, um, I mean, of course, the iPad is growing fast. I mean, when did the iPad iPod- first come out? Two thousand eight, two thousand nine. You know, like right. it's
1: new. It's going to grow fast, especially exactly. when it, it when it really is kind of fits in a niche of you know somewhere between a mobile phone and a computer. You know, like it's going to grow.
0: Exactly. So that's I mean when you when you're starting at 0%, <laughs> you know, of course it's going to, you know, something's going to uh, grow really really fast, especially if it's a new technology, you know, in terms of like usage and sales and stuff like that because there was no bar for that before. Mhm. You know, um she also points to companies like uh Zenga and RAVIO, uh and says that, you know, the next generation uh, next generation of consoles should incorporate uh trends that you know these type of companies provide and i'm just like really like shallow quick experiences is what they should focus on i mean if next generation consoles have web browsers built into them or allow apps you know like quick dirty apps that's you know i think that's fine but um you know maybe make it easier to port an app, port an app like Angry Birds over to Xbox Live or maybe even the PSN, that's fine. But I don't think it should be a focus of, you know, the next generation of consoles. I mean, technically speaking, in this generation, if they wanted to open up an app store, you know, i put quotations on that, um, I don't see why they couldn't do it. Actually, Hmm. you know, Microsoft App Store is called the Xbox Live Indie Games Channel, for those who didn't know. Indeed, But, um, you know... I don't see why why not In
1: has minis, which actually is their apps too.
0: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I don't. You know, the, the the space is actually already there for them. But um, here I'm gonna, I'm gonna read a, a full quote from what she says, She says, the next generation of consoles and games should recognize that consumers are mobile and active, value the player regardless of where and when they play, consider short and long play sessions, optimize both hardware and casual games, and break... Yeah, oh, that's, oh, sorry. yeah, hardcore and casual games. Uh, embrace button controller, LED play, and new interfaces. Enable content to evolve so games are dynamically not static. Encourage alternative payment approaches like free-to-play. Drive increasingly social and community-driven experiences. And perhaps even allow play across uh, devices, regardless of manufacturer or form factor did she not just wrap up the entire state of the industry
1: and says the consoles need to do all of this? She did. I mean, see, the thing is, like, I didn't take her statement or where she was aiming as being so, like, what we hear every other week is that, you know, like, well, we will get, you know, tablets and, and smartphones of the future and apps of the future and, mo well, Angry Birds of the future and Zinga's is the future. I took it as meaning that, like, her literally saying that, like, if the iPad is the, the fastest growing, you know, platform for EA and that, like, if Zynga is doing so well and they're, they're growing so well and you have, you know, iPhones and Facebook and they're doing so well right now that, like, that should be troubling and that, like, literally, like, we can do better than that, you know, that there's a reason, like, we've been around for so long. Like, I took it to be more of, like, kind of a call to arms that, you know... Hardware is important, you know, so that we can keep doing stuff. But like if you're only going to bring it out every 10 years, then yeah, something that comes out, you know, two years ago is going to like, you know, run roughshod over the industry if you're not doing anything on the hardware front. Like I took it to mean more along the lines of like we need new hardware and we need, you know, not a focus on so much traditional gaming the way it has been, but a focus on, you know, everything. You know, like focus on not just you know people who are gonna sit there and play for ten hours a time, but people who want to play for thirty minutes a time. You know, not like I, I didn't take it so much to mean like I've had and Zingo doing everything right. Just that, like you know, there are things publishers can learn from them, which I think is valid. You know, That's, that is well, valid. maybe not so much Zingo, but you know, like in general, what she's saying. Like I think that the, the, she's just saying that the industry can learn from them to a certain extent. Well, they're part of the industry, I guess, but you know you know what i'm saying the publishers can learn from them
0: but here but here's they act like the game industry or the publishers are doing bad you know what i'm saying like okay look at they're
1: not look at the, the se- you, you look at the games you know look at games right now and like not that they're doing terribly but you know it's it's become more and more about ips you know it's become more and more about sequels um you know the indie you know the indie devs are that's they're growing but a lot of them are jumping to ios and you know apps and stuff um, you know, there's a large PC, you know, contingent but of them. But
0: she didn't mention any of that, Rob. I know, but, you <laughs> know, mention... it's just an article, you know, like,
1: I'm, like it's not going to be everything that she said.
0: <laughs> she, she didn't mention not one of those things. If she talked about the stagnation and gameplay, stagnation and story and character development, that is one thing. I would totally 100% agree with her on that. But she didn't, she didn't mention, I mean, okay, I can understand that people aren't necessarily so hot on, um, you know, upping graphics development because, okay, yeah, it does cost money and the graphics are already looking pretty good. But this, we, when we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, there's still very, very, very much room for improvement in terms of graphics on console. Right. Um, but in terms of like, uh, the one thing that she could have definitely mentioned AI development, like, we are so far away from having like a truly intuitive AI you know what i'm saying like the closest thing actually i, sh- I shouldn't say it, but the game's not out yet the closest thing i've seen to really intuitive ai was rage at the uh when i went to the preview but i haven't played the game yet so i'm not i want to see how exactly it rolls out through the entire game
1: right but, but from what you played it was it was the closest that you've seen to
0: it it was the closest i've seen to like really intuitive ai but i mean like i'm talking about till when we get to the point where it, Every game has intuitive AI, and experiences are truly dynamic. Like I want to replay through different games because every time I play, it's not a hundred percent different experience, but the experience is different enough. You know what right. I'm saying? How about she talk about that for a while? Because well, you know what's going to happen if we get new hardware? If we get new hardware and the mentality doesn't really change in the industry, all they're going to do is pump out the same games with better graphics for a while. Then once they, you know, once they hit the limit. Uh, you know they they hit the graphical limit you know like they are right now then then they'll maybe start to mess around with uh, you know different gameplay or uh different styles of artwork and stuff like that but anytime you launch new hardware the first few years are going to be that graphics race who can make the best looking game when and
1: yeah and I agree because I think that she's not necessarily totally right about the hardware thing I do think it needs to be a little bit more than 10 years because 10 years is a long ass time you know like but at the same time you're right when we see the end of a life cycle for a system or last couple of years that a system's around like say ps2 you get games like okami and odin sphere and you get things that you've never seen before and like i you know ideas and concepts for how to do a game or how to like stretch the capabilities of a game and in ways that we didn't think about when it was a heart when it was a graphics race
0: right exactly so um i mean she does make some points don't get me wrong she does definitely make some points but uh she's d I don't think new hardware is necessarily the way it goes. Now don't get me wrong, they do need oh, it's new not hardware. A <laughs> yeah. And with the new hardware, they don't necessarily need super new uh ways to play the game. You know what I'm saying? If they were to release a new Xbox or a new PlayStation with increased graphics and better processors and more RAM for better AI you know, and, and dynamic experience that would be enough to push the industry forward. You know what I'm saying? You don't need to make the next Wii, you don't need to make the next Connect. You know what I'm saying? That you don't necessarily need extreme new ways to get engaged in the game. You know what I'm saying? Yes, no, oh, no, no yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's I mean, that you don't need all that. I mean, like, if. If anything, I think Nintendo's taking the right a step in the right direction with putting like a touchpad inside of a controller. You know what I'm saying? Like in terms of user interface, I think that's a step in the right direction. Uh that's a move forward, but like doing something too new would be a problem. You know what I'm saying? Especially like uh something that requires you to actually get up and move. We've seen that fail before.
1: Right. <laughs> Or, or actually we're watching it fail. Yeah, we're watching. It. <laughs> yeah. So yeah we to do was watch E3 and watch that fail.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um but yeah, I <laughs> said so she has some valid points, but that last statement that she had, I she really didn't tell like she didn't make a point in my opinion. She pretty much took everything that's kind of going on right now in the industry and say the consoles need to do all of this. When I kind of disagree, because the thing is, like, if you make, when you make something for everybody, if you optimize for both the hardcore and casual gamers, it's hard to meet a middle there. You
1: know what I'm right. saying? Well, Sorry. it's hard to meet a middle, but, the, the comp- you know, like, you've already, you know, I think that you're pretty much in agreement with the fact, though, that, like, the industry it does kind of tend to stagnate itself, like, that there does need to be some change, not necessarily that we need to, like, to, you know, go hard out in the paint after, you know, like, being, like, mobile games, but that there does need to be kind of, like, you know, there's a lot of different gamers, and, like, there's a lot of different needs, not that necessarily, like, they should try and focus on all of them, but the, you know, a studio. Isn't trying to focus on making you know everything, but maybe it focuses on a segment of the gamer population that another studio with within a publisher doesn't. You know, there's there's lots of studio and like we're seeing studios get closed down and stuff because they don't do well in the traditional you know mindset of publishers, and you know maybe what's what's needed is for them to you know take a different tack. You know, let them develop for a different type of gamer. Right. Like, I, I I see, you know, I, I understand what you're saying that, you know, it's not not so simple, I guess, is like focusing on everything, because that just means like you water down everything or, you know, get confused or you have an identity crisis. But at the same time, like there's there's something of value in it and her real and actually her time point wasn't that that statement um, from her full her, her full actual like op, you know editorial piece um, it was that the industry can't afford more years of the same consoles and the same games um, or a new new light, or a new cycle with consoles and games that just deliver the same thing but bigger, which is what we were just saying that yeah. like it's always a Harvard race. Um, she's saying that you know new, innovative and fun is the key, but not doing the same thing that we're doing now. So I, I think that she, in, in the full context of what she actually said, like, it comes out a little bit better. But, you know, we it, it, it's too much to cover <laughs> right now to cover everything that she talked about. All right. All right, so let's move uh, we on to our last topic,
0: which, I mean, I guess people are calling it different things. We're calling it Deus Ex Gate, <laughs> you know, the whole GameStop incident dsx gamestop revolution yeah yeah pretty much um if you haven't heard because it's been news since i don't know what wednesday or thursday
1: it was pretty it was fairly early in the week that it yeah, i
0: think it was, i think it really started wednesday um where gamestop uh was removing all, on live coupons from dsx pc copies uh, if you bought a PC retail version of Deus Ex, uh, you you were supposed to get a coupon for the game for OnLive, the cloud streaming service. However, if you got yours from GameStop, you did not get one because they were opening it up. Um, they were opening up the boxes, taking them out, and then resealing the boxes and selling them to you brand new. Uh, so basically, what you know, I guess there there was a little a little outrage from that, uh, and. In response to people not being so happy about that, they decide to pull Deus Ex off of the shelves.
1: It was okay. a nice response.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. They they pulled Deus Ex off of the shelves, and oh, these man, aren't
1: you're upset about that. We'll just take the games.
0: Yeah, like they, <laughs> they were there was no there's no rumor about it. Like they were, there were there's a cut two company communications that were intercepted. Not just they intercepted. Like, well, they yeah, were but...
1: they were they were tips sent in, but they yeah. also confirmed after the fact that like from you know literally like you know journalists attack, you know calling GameStop or you know going through the channels. And executives or you know, people in touch with them said, Yeah, we pulled the games. So yeah. not a not any kind of a question. <laughs> now according to GameStop,
0: the reason they did this was because um Square never communicated to them that they were going to do this, that they were going to put this uh you know, this coupon in and GameStop says it, it that it competes with a the service they have coming up probably sometime next year.
1: Not currently out. Coming up next year,
0: yeah. So they don't want to, yeah. They don't, they don't <laughs> want to point anybody in the direction of on live, um, yeah. So pretty. Much that's why they did it. And actually, it was. I thought one thing that I thought was really funny was that Square apologized for the situation. Square apologized. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, basically, oh yeah, we didn't tell GameStop and blah blah blah. So we understand. Well, see, they gotta protect
1: that relationship, though. Like, you know, they're not gonna just be quiet during it. I mean, they could have. They easily could have. But you know, then it looks like it's all GameStop's fault, no matter what GameStop says. So them doing that protects the relationship and it makes nicey nice. But it's still, I my problem with this is that you know it wouldn't have even been an issue. If GameStop hadn't acquired... Who would they just acquire? Uh, Spawn, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Something. Spawn Labs. If they hadn't acquired Spawn Labs, which basically is a competing service with OnLive, it wouldn't even have been an issue. Because I can tell you from buying things from GameStop that they've had things in there for Steam or OnLive or Direct Drive and everything else. And it was never... Like a huge deal in the past. In fact, it's funny because pretty much anything that dealt with like direct drive or Steam or anything like GameStop doesn't care about because GameStop previously didn't give a crap about the PC market. Walk into any of their stores and tell me I'm wrong.
0: <laughs> you mean that shelf?
1: Yeah, yeah. If if you were lucky, if <laughs> yeah. you were lucky.
0: Yeah, that that shelf. I remember that shelf.
1: You know, the game games that were like two years old. You know, and maybe like World of Warcraft because right. you know, that sells, so GameStop will carry that yeah yeah or so, every- or every version of Warcraft and nothing else <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah i mean I well, first of all, uh, as we discussed earlier, I did not need to purchase the retail copy, but you know, I would feel very slighted, I mean, square put that in the box for
1: you, you know what I'm saying, as a perk for you buying at retail, and then yeah. gamestop I- decides to take it out. And they didn't put in, and it wasn't just like, oh, it's a thing that says like, oh, hey, OnLive exists, you should try it. It was a coupon for it. So, like, you know, the argument can be made, yes, okay, I totally get that Square didn't tell GameStop something that, you know, I I guess they should have in some way, but like I said before this, it wouldn't have been an issue. Um, But at the same time, GameStop is literally not, and I'm not even going to get into the debate of like whether it's new or not, you know, because that's up to the individual. I personally think is if it's been, you know, if the case has been opened and they have a way of resealing it, and you know, like nobody's played it, it's still new. That's it's whatever. It's shrink wrap. Um, but the real problem with, to me is that GameStop is taking out something that was supposed to come with something that you were paying money for, and not changing the value of the game not doing anything with it you can you can argue that it's negligible because it's a freaking coupon but at the same time it was intended to be with the game you know for the retail price so kind of a silly thing to do if that if it was that much of a problem it shouldn't have been we're going to take it out of the game cases it should have been we're going to do what we did ended up doing which is send it back to square because you know it broke the agreement right like I, I guess that was GameStop trying to salvage the situation, but as GameStop does a lot of times, they kind of did it the wrong way.
0: Yeah. So at this point, they want to gain back your trust. So if you purchased, yeah, if you purchased the game, if you the game, uh, I guess you could bring your receipt in, and they will give you a fifty dollars GameStop gift card, and because they think you're special, a buy two get one free. On pre-owned purchase. Oh. oh
1: Yeah, it Did just I? costs them absolutely nothing to do, and all it does is build their shares. Exactly. I mean, I would take my receipt
0: back, get the $50 GameStop coupon, or, you know, gift card, get something, and then never go to a GameStop again. I mean, my, since a lot of my friends no longer work for GameStop anymore, I very rarely go in there anyway. Or uh, trade
1: it with some, you know, kid's mom that's gonna buy him something anyway. There you go. Yeah, you could do that too. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm not know. going through any, uh, you know, un, you know, salacious means of, you know, getting rid of your card. But if you know you don't want to be a GameStop, it's really perfectly understandable. Because yeah. really, number one, you know, it's it's a nice gesture, I guess. You know, it's something that any retailer would do. But it's the kind of a gesture that doesn't cost them anything. You know, I guess they're saying, you know, they can they can make the returns, you know, even though they're returning the games and stuff like that. But I'm re- I'm really wondering if it's we're going to take the returns like regardless of if you've, you know, regardless of it's open or you played it um, or if it's one of those cases like well, we're not going to take a return, but this is what we will do. you right. know. And it's like if that's the case, like that isn't that's not necessarily, like, a full response. A full response would be to say, like, if you're unhappy with it, we'll take the game back. You know? But they don't want to do that. They want to keep you shopping there, so they make... They, they do this, which is kind of like the half-hand gesture that, like, they can pull you in <laughs> as soon as you, <laughs> as you reach out to take the gift card. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's a smart business move, I guess, but it's still one of those things where you're like, oh, GameStop, like, this is why I don't shop there anymore. Like, it's that kind of thing. Right. Right. So,
0: um The... It wouldn't really be enough for me because the thing is, like, this behavior, they don't really feel sorry for it. I mean, right, they only... No There's
1: no apology for the behavior. They are only
0: doing it because, you know, people got pissed. So, you know, they really don't care. So, like, you know, if what's going to happen in the future when they have more services or now they have Impulse, are they going to affect stuff that comes with, you know, uh, games that have Steam deal. deals or Origin deals?
1: It certainly will. I'm sure it will. There's no doubt. I wonder, and I wonder how it's going to play out if, you know, a retail copy of Battlefield 3 needs you to be on Origin. Are they going to, are they just not going to carry a Battlefield or something? I doubt it. Oh, uh, like, yeah. How does that play out when that, you know, when stuff like that starts happening? Exactly. How you know, does it to play out when Counter Strike comes out?
0: For, <laughs> yeah, for like companies like EA and Activision, I don't think it's a big deal. Even for Valve, Valve being the largest indie studio, I think, in the mm-hmm. world. Um, but for like maybe some of the smaller publishers, even if, like Square Enix, <laughs> you know, uh mm-hmm. Ubisoft, you know, like other other publishers like this could spell some trouble. So we just have to see how it's, how it pans out um i mean if you're a pc gamer i really don't know unless your mom is buying your games for you i don't know why you
1: why why are you going to gamestop gamestop not cared about you for at least like six or seven years exactly they did not care about you until they bought impulse and they still don't really care
0: stop going into that abusive relationship it's it's bad for you you got to learn to stop
1: so although um, really i guess they're you know well, I guess it was only PC versions they were taking the coupons out of, but, you know, I could see the practice extending, or you know, I, you know, personally like, I've never, like, I never encountered it before. Um, I'd never encountered them doing anything like that before, but at the same time, when I saw the news, I was not particularly surprised, because of just the situation. You know, you kind of figured at some point they were going to try and kind of leverage impulse, or, you know, whatever else they happened to acquire, in kind of the wrong way, kind of the same way that EA has with Origin, you know, like that. I don't necessarily mind the idea of Origin because, you know, it's it, it's another Steam. You know, like all, you know, not everybody agrees with it, but they're leveraging it the wrong way. Is right. my problem, and I see that I see GameStop doing the same thing. Like GameStop lost my business a little bit ago, but you know, that's. You know, each individual person. But if you're, yeah, if you're playing BC, why are you going to GameStop? It's <laughs> just stop. stop. Stop, yeah. Uh All right. So, the, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I think the, the one thing, though, that I really, like, you're right. Like, they really didn't apologize. Because I'm looking at their their official, like, apology letter, their email to people. Right, and yeah. it's it's so far from an apology. It basically says... That, you know, we weren't aware. Square didn't make us aware. So they threw Square into the bus. And, you know, for your inconvenience, we want to gain your trust back. Here's a $50 gift card and a card if you bring your receipt in. Not like nothing that really is like, hey, we're sorry we pulled these things out of the game. Just an apology that there was a distant, an underscreen, you know, a disagreement. Right. Weird. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah.
0: Well, whatever. <laughs> they're going to do whatever they're going to do. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what what happens in the future, though. But um, yeah, that's gonna wrap us up in terms of topics. So let's see what's happening next week.
1: Oh um, my God, real games are gonna be coming out soon, guys.
0: Yes, very soon. Thirtieth
1: <laughs> Madden, it? Yeah,
0: Yeah, Mad- Madden's coming out next kind of week. to
1: start of the game season, really.
0: Yeah, Tropical Four is out next week. I know Red Orchestra is supposed to come out, but it is not coming out next week. September
1: thirteenth, now.
0: <laughs> yeah, September thirteenth. Um, Driver San Francisco is coming out. If you want to play that.
1: <laughs> um, they they did release the demo. Um, it's released out on PS10. I don't know if it's out on 360. They have a multiplayer and a single player demo out. I would suggest trying it because what I've seen of the actual driving doesn't look bad. I still don't know how I feel about, like, you know, single-player story with him being a ghost type of thing. It's kind of weird. So he really is like a ghost? I haven't played the demo yet. Oh, okay. I was was going to say. about the story, and they've been really, really quiet about the story since... Game, that basically like tanner ends up in the hospital in a coma but he still thinks that he's out and about but he's just transferring his consciousness into people's bodies and stuff which is why you get the weird mechanic where you could jump out of the car zoom out into the city and then jump into a different car and it's a cool mechanic but the story is like all out of whack if that's still true to me so yeah um hmm, we'll see about that
0: <laughs> um there's also you, a 3ds enough to get over it i don't know yeah there's also a 3ds game coming out uh for a driver's driver renegade so um sims medieval pirates and noble adventures air conflict secret wars burger bot ds this is the shovelware that we're mentioning now hoppy's ds we're
1: obviously at the bottom of the pile yeah exactly
0: (laughs) so that that look look forward to that stuff you know because everybody wants James Noir's Hollywood Crimes on 3DS, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you yeah. at least have
0: three, you know, real titles coming <laughs> yeah, out that exactly. you can Exactly, so. Alright, so that's going to wrap us up. Um, you can check us out on SoundCloud. That's just soundcloud.com slash mash Those buttons. Um, one thing that I did find out about SoundCloud, very soon we may be able to set it up so that you can download M... Uh, M4A files. I forget what the name of the file type is, but basically oh, for we, iPods. Yeah, like we Why can that? we can um, set up chapters for the podcast. So I have to actually look into that. That may be something we'd be doing soon, but uh, not this podcast. So don't look for it. But maybe soon. Yeah. And if you're
1: looking for it now, it's kind of too late. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, So there's that. But they're on SoundCloud. That'll be a perk of downloading directly from SoundCloud. But we're also on iTunes, of course. Um, So subscribe to us. If you listen on a regular basis, you might as well subscribe and get it automatically. Actually, I believe iTunes subscribers get it faster because um, I typically have to upload it beforehand before I put it on the site. And I have to wait a little bit before it actually becomes active. So iTunes users get... Get it like immediately. Um, we're on Facebook, so you can visit us at facebook.com dot slash smash those buttons. Make sure to um, like us. We yes, make have sure. the news coming in. Yes, make sure you like us. Um, you can follow us on the on the tweets, uh, which is twitter.com dot slash mtb site. Um, you can follow us there. My um, favorite. Yep.
1: I don't yeah. know. Twitter's my baby. I love Twitter. No. <laughs> yeah,
0: I've been tweeting more.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I, I, we we tweet a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, between the few of us. I've I've done some follow Fridays on like me, you, Nick, Jess. We tweet the most out of all the Mashes Buns peeps.
0: Yeah, I believe so.
1: You'll you'll see us on there. <laughs>
0: yeah. So actually, you know what I almost forgot? People responded to our topic last week.
1: That's right. Questions the questions are still coming.
0: Yeah, so yeah, like let's do that. Yeah. Let's not rap right now. That's right.
1: We're not done yet. <laughs>
0: oh yeah that's right not...
1: when i say i'm done
0: <laughs> yeah so uh yeah last week's question see i'm so used to people not responding that i just totally forgot but last second save here we are <laughs> okay so last week's question was um would you be more inclined to use postal gamers trade and service since they gave they give a cut to the publishers um so, uh, you know, Sage Infinite, he replied that he would definitely get Postal Gamer a shot. Uh, he, he'd rather give some money back to the devs and a company like GameStop. Uh, and it wouldn't be so bad if... He's just talking about GameStop now. It wouldn't be so bad if GameStop something kill you on the trade-ins and then sell the games for almost double what they gave you. Not to mention they sell used games brand new sometimes. I think he has some valid points. Indeed. Yes, yeah, so... Uh, also, here we go. This is from Obaba. Um, her comment was uh, that social gaming nickel-and-diming model has failed before quietly. Uh, she mentions GoPets. You know, it took. She says it took the big sleep last year, claiming an unsustainable economy, uh, and it was promoted as free originally, and then became highly dependent on its purchase currency instead of being game currency. Um, players able to buy and sell items opted to sell for the purchase currency, forcing buyers to buy in a circle that came to players just sitting in their on their laurels and making their gaming self sustainable Oh, sorry, self sustaining instead. Uh so farm like they'll you know, do stuff like, you know, farming to grow food for pets and making clothes and doing quests and other items. And, you know, within the community it wasn't so enough support for everybody. Um, then she starts talking about the free to play games, saying there are plenty of free to play games out there, um, with the option to pay for the content and subscription or both uh, and uh, in gaming's version of Ohm's law, gaming, uh, you know, not plus money time. Money equals gaming. Yeah, or, money yeah, equals, equals game. Yeah, game divided by time. Players can decide on whether it's no longer worth the money to, you know, you know, bother playing. And smart developers are more interested in attracting lots of players willing to make a little micro payments for some content rather than lots of players forced into, uh, you know paying for all the content and still promote the game as free. So she was actually talking more about our free to play topic as opposed to the, uh, the postal gamer topic, which is totally Okay
1: exactly we want you to talk about whatever you wanted to talk about from the podcast we like hearing about it like it was so well thought out that I didn't even say anything you know like I was like I I think she pretty much covered it (laughs) yeah pretty much I mean both you know making some very you know good
0: points there and it's all about how the developers approach you know approach that you know like if they if they're just looking to siphon money out of players it'll probably fall flat
1: eventually where yeah, as you'll we'll see the bubble burst you know, Yeah, you're you're looking at these casual game you know companies like zynga and i forget who else honestly at this point uh rovio angry birds people uh, and like they're getting valued at like billions and even even some people in the industry i think there's a guy from activision who said like it's pretty silly how, like how high they're being valued when you consider the fact that like you know it's a bubble that's not it's not sustainable really not the way that it's being done if for some reason you know tomorrow people decide like eh, i'm over i'm over Farmville and, and all that stuff and or people like broke from facebook what in the world will those investors and, and zynga have because zynga isn't going to recover and go anywhere else or it doesn't it doesn't know how to do anything else all they do is steal steal ideas and you know <laughs> do what they do, you know, and you know the transactions and whatnot. But yeah, it's it's not sustainable. It, it's been tried before. Yeah, that's so why I'm scared to see everything go face, you know, free to play. Some things can, that's fine. Not everything should. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. So since What's that, that question, yeah. yeah, that that that
0: since uh, I guess that was pretty successful. Let's uh, let's ask another question, and this is going to be regarding the the Robin Kaminsky. Uh, topic that we had about traditional publishers needing new consoles to grow. Um, let's let's ask, what do you want to see in the new consoles, or I should say, what do you think new consoles need to have to reinvigorate games or the games, uh, you know, uh, gaming innovation? I should say. There we go. What do you and think? Alternately,
1: oh, oh go, go ahead,
0: go. Uh, ahead. Ahead. Yeah, go ahead. you were gonna say. what you We're gonna say.
1: And I said, and alternately, uh, do you even think that hardware is what changes things you know is, do you think that's even what invigorates the industry again and if not you know what what do you think is the you know the step that needs to be taken as you know for you personally as a gamer like what do you what do you want to see the industry do that would make you feel a little bit better about where your things are going and so you don't have to hear about ipad and everything taking over the industry every week <laughs>
0: So yeah, we'll leave you with those questions because we already gave you the links. Um, the only thing I didn't tell you is that if this made you mad in any way, email Rob. He's the community manager and wants to hear what you have to say.
1: I want to hear what you have to say, whether it's good or bad. But it's fine if you know they send all the guys who are angry to me. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: all right, guys. Um, once again, thank you for Sage and uh, Obama for participating and answering the questions. We feel very special and loved. Thank you very much. And uh we will catch you guys next week.
1: See you next time. We'll be back at full strength, yeah,
0: yeah, return to the big three. <laughs> <laughs> All right, later, guys. watch the throne. <laughs> <laughs> See. Ya.